0: Welcome, welcome to the itinerary. This is episode 13. We're heading to the land of the Kiwis. No, not the fuzzy fruit, but the people of the beautiful islands of New Zealand. I'm Jared Schwartz.
1: I'm Melissa Schwartz.
0: Hello, Melissa. I hear there's something the kids are using these days called IG. Do you know what that is?
1: I believe it is called Instagram.
0: That's right, Instagram. Guess what?
1: We're on it. We're on it.
0: We are on it. So check us out at the underscore itinerary underscore podcast. I guess regular the itinerary podcast was taken. So follow us at the underscore itinerary underscore podcast. Also catch us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Rate, review, subscribe when you pull up the itinerary on iTunes and Apple Podcasts on your iPhone or iPad. Just scroll down to the itinerary. Rate it five stars, of course. Write or review and subscribe and most importantly tell a friend tell a friend
1: if you want to get in touch with the show it's easy to do so send us your travel questions and comments about the podcast to the itinerary at gmail.com and follow us on instagram as jared just said at the underscore itinerary underscore podcast we travel a lot everyone always asks where'd you go how'd you get there where'd you stay what'd you do We thought we'd take you through how we booked flights, whether it's points, upgrades, or cash. Then we'll go through where we stayed, what we ate, and all the activities that we did on this itinerary.
0: So before we get started, just want to go back to last week's Bora Bora episode for a quick second. People have been asking about the bait and switch with Air Tahiti Nui, where their tropical paradise business class, which they promoted on their website, ended up looking like a basement from 1972. So I'll address it here. A very lengthy letter was written with pictures. Always take pictures. That's a pro tip right there. And all the miles that we spent through Delta were actually refunded. So shout out to Delta Customer Service for handling this professionally and getting it done quickly. A lot of people had questions about this bait and switch. It was a big problem for us so thanks to Delta Customer Service for getting our miles back and taking care of us. If you want to go back and listen to episodes 1 through 12, we have a dozen shows for you to choose from. If you missed last week's, what we're talking about uh, right there with the bait and switch, not to worry. You can go back and listen about the magnificent paradise that is Bora Bora. Check that out. It's episode number 12. Another very surprising experience was at the SLS in the Bahamas. That's episode Eleven, You can check that one out and how, Melissa, we could not get a pool chair to save our lives at the SLS. So there was a big rant going on about that. Um, you know, you're paying to stay there. You want a lounge chair, of course.
1: And you're paying a resort fee.
0: So hear about that. Check it out. Episode 11 um, at the itinerary. And also proud of that, we had St. Lucia, Switzerland, and Greece and all the rest before that. But this is episode number 13, New Zealand. Are you ready for all the Kiwis? I am. Let's go. I think one of the most interesting things people ask about New Zealand is where exactly is it? And I think the first answer that usually comes to mind is, isn't that a part of Australia? That's kind of what I thought, but it's wrong. And then the next question is, well, is it a part of Europe? That's wrong, too. It,
1: and then what continent is it on?
0: Yeah, that that's another great question. It's not on a continent. It's actually a part of nothing. It's, <laughs> it's, it's
1: a big <laughs> loser.
0: It's Big L right there, <laughs> right on New Zealand's face. Uh, it, it's a southern island country in the southwestern Pacific Ocean, it's comprised of the North Island and the South Island. We went to both. And the residents are indeed called Kiwis. And Why are they called Kiwis?
1: Yeah, so we actually just looked this up. Um, And so the name derives from the Kiwi, not the fruit, but a native flightless bird, which is a national symbol of New Zealand. Until the First World War, the Kiwi represented the country and not the people. However, by 1917, New Zealanders were also being called Kiwis, supplementing other nicknames. And while we were mentioning war and unrest, we also just wanted to say that our thoughts are with the citizens of New Zealand that, you know, just you know, experience this traumatic loss um, an act of terrorism. So our yeah. thoughts are, are with them.
0: I second that. Certainly an awful experience for all involved and the families. And uh, so we're thinking of you while we're talking about New Zealand. Uh, and you're a
1: beautiful country.
0: Magnificent. Uh, the climate is actually the opposite of ours over there. So you, it's wintertime over here. You want to get away. Summer over there, and obviously, we
1: summer in New Zealand.
0: <laughs> doesn't everybody <laughs> summer in New Zealand? That's the thing to do. Um, there is a 17 hour time difference ahead of Eastern Standard Time, so get ready for that. Uh, let's talk about how we got there. This was the continuation of the Bora Bora itinerary uh, from the previous episode. Uh, so we flew from Tahiti to Auckland, New Zealand. Uh, booked with the American Express Platinum card and got the five times the points for this flight, but somehow somebody booked it for the wrong day.
1: So what, what happened? So okay, so when we were flying from Tahiti to Auckland, you crossed the international date line, and so because the flight is only six hours, I just assumed that when we got. To Auckland, I would need to be booking a hotel for the same day we left Tahiti. Incorrect. We lost an entire day. Entire day. Tire day. And
0: when did we find this out? Like, right before the trip?
1: Correct.
0: It was, um...
1: It was the biggest travel mistake I've ever made.
0: Whoa! Sound the alarms! Um, sa- alert the authorities! Yeah. The biggest travel mistake you've ever made.
1: Yeah, because I was so certain that I did the right thing. Like, I actually was like, oh, these these people are morons. And then I realized that I'm You're gonna, uh, the moron
0: <laughs> in this case. All right, at least you can admit it there. Yeah. Um, got it rectified. Yes. So no issues there. But when you, f- you find that stuff out, you book things for the wrong day, the hotels, everything. It- it's a mess. Um, so something to watch out for when you're booking a New Zealand trip. We flew business class on Air New Zealand's 787-900 Dreamliner. one 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 layout in business class with these nice white leather live flat seats. Just a five or six hour flight or so, but I think it was maybe your favorite flight of all time.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm obsessed with that plane.
0: I mean, this Air New Zealand Dreamliner is sexy. If a commercial airplane was sexy... It's
1: the me of planes.
0: Th- this <laughs> is it. And if anybody's flown... Virgin Atlantic or Virgin, the old Virgin America, which is now Alaska Airlines. You know about the interior with the mood lighting, um, the neon lights, the white leather seats. This is just a whole new level. These are brand new planes. Uh, the one-one-one layout you really don't get anywhere else, and it's it's truly fascinating because the seats face the center of the cabin, um, which it, it it's interesting. Um, I didn't really know that it was like that at first um, but to my surprise, like privacy you have uh, kind of the walls so it's a suite um, everything was brand new I mean short 5-6 hour flight so not the biggest deal in the world but very comfortable live flat seats um, and I, I just thought the 111 configuration was, was something kind of new and exciting that we hadn't seen before um, so I really have no idea about the back of the plane because we didn't get past row two. So I'm sure Coach is very lovely on the Dreamliner, but come on. <laughs> I'm not slumming it uh, You know, on the big trips, on the international trips. I'm not going back to Coach. So I'm sure it was lovely. But once that curtain goes up, I, I actually want to talk about the curtain that separates first or business class from economy. Because this is something that is just...
1: It's like a bouncer at a club.
0: Oh, my gosh. It is so crazy how one little curtain with two peg holes...
1: Could define your self-worth.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, when you're up in first class, when you're in business class, I I am not looking past that curtain, let alone stepping foot past it. And, like... My biggest pet peeve when I'm in business class is when somebody is coming up from coach and either standing in the aisle or waiting to use the first class bathroom. Or
1: ask for our snacks.
0: Oh, my. You're going to raid the business class snack bin? Oh, no. Oh, no, you're not. I give them
1: credit for trying.
0: So I look at it like that way. But if I'm on a short haul flight, like domestic flight, and... The upgrade didn't happen, and we didn't book in first class, and we have to fly. We have to slum it and fly economy. I'm the guy who is unhooking the curtain and walking up and going and using the first class laboratory. Like I laboratory. Oh yes, that that's the formal name (laughs) for the Mister
1: Rogers. That's
0: the formal name for the uh, airplane bathroom. But I have no shame. I am unhooking it. I am walking straight up. I'm not looking left. I'm not looking right. And it's such a power move when you can do that. And it's like the complete opposite on the other side.
1: Yeah, so like what would you call us? High class low lives? I,
0: I don't know. I mean, usually when we go, you know, on these international trips, I almost 95, 100% of the time almost we're flying in business class. So, yeah, curtains up. It's staying up. I am not looking that way. I'm not looking, you know, you know, when you board the plane – You go left for business class. You go right for economy. I'm not going right. I'm not going back there. And, uh, I don't want anybody coming up and invading my space. But on the other hand, you know, when we're flying domestic, sometimes on a two hour flight or a three hour flight, I'm getting up there. I am. That curtain is no match for me. So that's, uh, I'm a rebel. I I am a commercial airline rebel (laughs) when I have to be. So that's my little rant on that. Um, So, Auckland, it seemed like one of the most Americanized places that I'd ever been to for an international city. The looks, the people, the restaurants, the stores, I really felt it was kind of like a seattle adjacent, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a port city on the water. We spent two nights on the front end of the trip there, one night on the back end there. Um, We stayed at the Hilton? Is that right? Yeah,
1: the first two nights we stayed at the Hilton, and the last night we stayed at the Sofitel.
0: So the Hilton, for instance, we use the American Express Platinum card um, for that one. And when you book through the portal, you get something called price match. What What is price match? Well,
1: so the reason you want to book through the travel portal is because they do, fi- they do up to five times uh, the points within hotels within their portal. Um, and so I used to be weary of booking through them in the event that there was a cheaper rate out there to be had. And then I discovered that they do something called price match. And so they have an email alias. You just take a screenshot of the lower price you found and they credit your card.
0: Is there like a limit how many times you can do this?
1: I mean, I do this on a weekly basis for our upcoming trips. I'm sure they hate me, but hey, no, no known limit. <laughs>
0: pro tip for the itinerary listeners, use it. I mean, it's a great yeah, tool. And I mean,
1: like I'll do some easy math for you right now. Like let's say our total was $1,000 by booking through the Amex portal, we're getting 5,000 points, whereas if I was using another credit card, I would get two or three times the points, which is not 5,000 points.
0: Right. Um, so once we were there, got settled, we did a hop-on, hop-off bus tour. Previous episodes, you've heard me talk about this feature, this experience that it's one of my favorites for a large city to get a lay of the land. It's easy. It's like 20 bucks a person. This one was pretty quick. It was about an hour and a half. Um, Just took you around the city, uh, open-air double-decker bus. Um, So we did that. It goes just all over, so you really don't have to go anyplace after if you don't want to. If there's something that you find interesting, obviously you can get off, go in. If it's a museum, if it's a park, whatever you want to do, Uh, we usually stay on for the entire loop. Get off. Go back to the hotel. Um, but it, it's a good way to see stuff. Um, and then we went over to Wahiki Island, and this, I think, this was one of your favorite parts of the trip. Uh, just a 30-minute or so ferry ride, um, and then you have taxis for, like, 10, 15 bucks that will take you to whatever winery you want to go to, but they they had some really good ones over there.
1: Yeah, so... I think this was a big regret of mine that we didn't spend more time on on Waikiki Island. There's a really cute, like, B&B called Boat Shed. I have friends that have stayed there um, before. We just went for a day trip, but I am a New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc girl through and through. So, like, I was fully in my element. Um, Is
0: that your favorite type of wine?
1: It is my favorite type of wine. Uh, Wine heaven. So, we went to two different wineries there. We went to Mudbrick and we went to Cable Bay. And one thing I loved about Waikiki Islands is I felt like it was a really cool mix. I felt like it was very Napa as well as Nantucket. And those are two of my favorite places, so I was destined to love it. Uh, One thing I also really liked, if you remember, we were able to walk between the wineries. Whereas, you know, we've gone wine tasting in Italy and the vineyards are beautiful, but they're like 20 miles apart. So this was like a bit more walkable.
0: can I throw out a nickname for you what? right now? I want to go with, like, Vineyard Princess.
1: Oh, I love Vineyard.
0: I mean, this this is your jam right here. Yeah. Half day, wineries, lunch. You can walk in between them. Oh, yeah, so, they give
1: you tasting menus when you go to lunch. Like, I love to eat. I love to drink. I love, like, a pretty castle-looking thing. So, we're,
0: since New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc is your favorite, were you biased when you got here... And you're like, oh, this is the greatest place in the world. Or how did it, without going into the specific wineries, which we will do in one second, how did um, these vineyards compare to in Italy, to in Argentina, to the different wine regions around the world?
1: So Argentina, I didn't love the actual vineyards. I didn't think they were that pretty. I know you disagree with me. Um, I think the Italian vineyards are beautiful, but I'm just not a big red wine drinker. So to me... This had ambiance as well as delicious wine.
0: Okay. So it was right smack in the middle, the upper portion. It was
1: exactly what I wanted.
0: Okay. Um, Let's go into a couple of the wineries, you know, that we went to and what we got there and your thoughts on them.
1: Yeah, so we did a lunch tasting at Mudbrick. There's this really funny picture of us where we're sitting on this cliff at a table outside. It's absolutely beautiful. And we each have about eight knives in front of us.
0: Yeah, I do remember that. (laughs) It's a pretty
1: funny looking picture, but beautiful views. Um, I love the food there. The wine was great. And then we walked to Cable Bay, which I want to say was like a half a mile away. So very walkable. That was a much more modern look. I was really drunk by that point. And our friend, Beth, that we always mention on this show, I wanted to get her a bottle of Sauvignon Blanc, and if you remember correctly, the man handed it to me, and I dropped it on the ground, and <laughs> there was glass everywhere, because I was overserved at that point.
0: One thing that came to mind back at Mudbrick, where we ate lunch, do you remember the Real Housewives of New Zealand that were there?
1: Oh my god, yes. <laughs> okay, they bothered me so much, because they kept ordering Veuve, Clicquot, and I was like, you're at a freaking New Zealand winery. Why are you ordering French champagne?
0: I mean, they were getting smashed.
1: They were, they were lit. They were lit. And they were ordering champagne. Like, French champagne? I, was, I was Who so, does that? I was so confused.
0: That must be, like, in the handbook of winery rules. That must be, like, number one or number two. They were
1: New Zealand Ramona singer. They were so obnoxious. <laughs> I know I'm funny. Ramona. Ramona, she's a neighbor of ours. She's a Pinot Grigio drinker,
0: though. Tisk tisk. I
1: know, Ramona. I
0: know. When I see you on the street, I'm gonna call you out. Um, I enjoyed the wineries. I I thought Mudbrick was really good. The food, as you mentioned, um, the walking is key. Like, it's fine to take a taxi. You know, ten fifteen bucks to get to one. But if you can walk, you know to the second or to the third, that's even better. It makes it more convenient, um, you know, when you're traveling and you usually um, don't have, like, a data plan sometimes. It's hard to get in touch with people. Um, I think
1: we're the only cheap people that don't have international data plans.
0: <laughs> Maybe because we travel so because much. Because whenever
1: I tell people this, they, like, look at me. They're like, are you poor? I
0: mean, we could <laughs> have the winery call the taxi, but then you have to wait. It's um, fine. We
1: manage. We get by.
0: Yeah, so it's walkable, which
1: we're is –
0: I'm a survivor.
1: Yeah. Sing it, Beyonce. That's
0: my that's my American Idol, the voice for the night. Um, so, yeah, really good time. Spend an afternoon there. As Melissa said, had to do it again. Probably would have stayed overnight there. Um, just Auckland was just an average big city. We'll talk about it a little more in some of the restaurants. But um, we really did like the island a lot better. Um, so the following day... uh. We ate dinner at Clooney, which is a high-end restaurant um, tasting menu. They give you four snacks and eight courses. Uh, just to name a few, kingfish, chicken, beef tartare, and lamb. Um, what were your thoughts on, on Clooney as a whole? I know this was uh, one of the highly rated places that um, was mentioned by a couple of people. It was on a couple of different lists um, as a must-go-to in New Zealand, I, I thought the ambiance was really cool there, um, and the decor.
1: Yeah, I I loved the decor of the restaurant. I also thought that they had a really nice wine program. They had some really cool cocktails. The food was good. I thought it was really interesting when I was researching. Um, they don't have one single restaurant on the world's best list in the country of New Zealand. Like I'm not even talking the one to 50. I'm talking the 51 to a hundred. How dare they? Well, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. Actually the one New Zealand chef that they do have has a restaurant in Australia.
0: <laughs> so cause that makes total sense. I know.
1: Um, but yeah, I thought the restaurant was, it was really fine. Good. It like, was probably
0: overpriced. Yeah. Food was good. Not great. Um, next night we went to Botswana Butchery, which, uh, there's a couple of different locations around New Zealand, one in Queenstown as well, which, uh, we're going to on the next leg of the trip. Um, but Botswana Butchery, really, if you want to get a a piece of meat and some veggies, probably the place to go. They have some interesting, um, yeah, venison kangaroo, I want to say. Um, it was fine as well. Like, if you're a steak and potatoes type of person, it's probably a good place to go. I
1: mean, spoiler alert, my favorite meal that I had in New Zealand was a burger in Queenstown, which we'll get to. So, the food was fine.
0: It was fine. Um, So, a couple days there. um, That was the only place in New Zealand that you could fly direct from Tahiti. That's one of the reasons we did it. Um, You you know, if you're going to someplace that you're really not going to get around to for a while... I mean, you want to go see the big city as well. Uh, So that's why we did two nights there. Um, We flew to Queenstown on Air New Zealand again on the A320. um, 3-3 coach layout, kind of like JetBlue over here in the States. Quick two-hour flight, but something happened at the airport that was kind of memorable. Um, If you'll indulge me for a second, can we do a little role play? Sure. Okay. So, situation, we are at the gate... Uh, heading to Queenstown. Melissa will be herself. I will be the gate agent.
1: And you've already gone. You've given them your ticket, and you're already walking.
0: Right. Um, so that's the setup here. What transpired on your part? And we'll pl- we'll, we can play it out here like you're in line.
1: Yeah, so the way they do their ticketing is that they take your ticket, and they put it through a machine. And I noticed that another ticket came out, not the same one, and when I looked at the ticket, I noticed that I no longer had the same seat, and we had paid for extra legroom seats, and you still had your seat, which would mean that I was no longer sitting next to you. So
0: I'm giving it, so you're you're up there in line, uh, you know, you scan your boarding pass, a ticket prints out, it's a different one, you say to me... I confirm i you confronted me basically
1: yeah well i i sorry i was confused for a second i thought you were jared not the female (laughs) flight attendant so i said to the female flight attendant i said you switched my seat and she said she did it
0: yeah the gate that i am the gate agent uh i'm not going to do with a woman's voice but ma'am uh it is what it is like this is your seat And you came back and said... Well,
1: first she said it was the same seat, and I said, no, that man, we have different last names, but we, because my passport isn't changed yet because I'm ridiculous and want as many stamps as possible, that's another story. So anyway, I said, I am his wife, we're traveling together, so I know that you've changed my seat because we were formerly sitting right next to each other. I
0: didn't change anything. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about.
1: But, but you did, and I, ha- I have anxiety when I, when I fly. What and row I were you in? I was in row 15. Row
0: 15, that's the emergency exit row. Let me look on my computer. Do, 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 do. Nope, you're in row 13, it looks like.
1: No, that is, I paid for that extra leg room, and I also booked my ticket with my husband, who is still in row 15.
0: <laughs> let, me, let me check. Do, 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 do. Oh, it seems like there was a mistake, ma'am. Um, we had to give your seat away. Um, I'm sorry about the inconvenience, but it its just is what it is.
1: Yeah, and so I'm going to end the role Yeah,
0: sure. Um, but how do they, they get away with they, that?
1: They didn't offer to give us the money back that we paid for the extra leg room. And I don't have anxiety when I fly, but a lot of people do, and... It was getting to the point where we were concerned that they weren't going to allow me on the plane if I made any more of a stink. I, I think there's that, like, fine line. Yeah, you
0: don't want to cross that line. So, and you, you kind of get agitated easily. I, I see where you're coming from on this one, but, you know, for a two-hour flight, you know. We said
1: it was fine. It was yeah. more also about, like, them needing to give us back the money, which, obviously, we got our money
0: back. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Um, So, Queenstown. um, It's known as the adventure capital of the world. This is an absolutely fantastic ski town in the winter. Just breathtaking views. The mountains line the outskirts of the town with Lake Wakatipu smack in the middle of it. Um, I kind of researched this. You were like, okay, we're going to go to New Zealand. We're between Australia and New Zealand. Um, When we decided on New Zealand, you're like, okay, where do you want to go? And Queenstown kept on coming up on every single thing that I was looking at. And, like, we're not thrill-seekers, right? I'm not going bungee jumping or skydiving or anything like that. But I'm in it for the views. And this place was awesome! Like, What was
1: it, Jared? Awesome! (laughs)
0: Um, Right when you get off the plane, like, you just see this... Like, these huge mountains with the lake in the middle. I mean, maybe that's just something, like, I really love because you're, like, we went to Switzerland, love that. Uh, Lake Como. I don't don't think
1: that's just you. I mean, think about Manhattan real estate. Like, water views, you know, get a lot more money because people love looking.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was just. People
1: love looking at the gorgeous Hudson River. (laughs)
0: Yeah, this was a a little better than that. Um, But just amazing, like driving into town probably 20 minutes from the airport or so. um, We stayed right downtown. Um, The downtown is not big. This is, you know, a small ski town. Basically, as I mentioned, if you want to compare it size-wise to an Aspen or Park City or something like that. But probably three or four main streets downtown um, make up the city center. And an awesome boutique hotel called Eckerd's we stayed at.
1: Yeah, so we stayed at Eckard's private hotel, which actually wasn't my first pick. Um, I had wanted to stay at Matakuri Lodge and it wasn't available. But not um, available for you? It was not available for me.
0: How dare they I
1: know. The audacity. But so upon further research, I realized that Eckert's and they have a sister hotel called The Spire were both in town. And in the end, I'm really happy that we stayed where we stayed, because if we stayed at Matakuri, we would have had to, like, rely on Ubers and taxis and whatnot, whereas we were fully walkable where we were staying.
0: Yeah, great location. Um we had a suite there. I, I think they're all suites. And then they have like this ridiculous 4,000 square foot penthouse. Um, that I remember one story, um, mm-hmm. the the front desk person was telling me, I'm like, who stays in there? Cause it's like 20 grand a night. Um, some prince from the Middle East stayed there and requested <laughs> that they get a larger TV than they already had. Um, and the TV was so big that they had to drop it in by Crane. It was so ridiculous. And I'm like, you guys did that, no problem? And they're like, "Yep, no problem. If you're paying 20 grand a night, you get what you want.
1: And they said that they had to take it out afterwards because it was too big for right. the room. It's like it, it didn't look correct in the room. But
0: I think, like, he booked it for two weeks straight. Yeah. And, yeah, that, that's customer service right there. Um, but the suite was, like, really excellent. Um, they had a lounge there which was awesome, I thought. Um, they had a happy hour every day, um, I think from 5 to 7.
1: Yeah, and I think this hotel is really cute and boutique and intimate, and it's designed for very wealthy, affluent people that have children, and it's like a lifestyle that I just never knew of growing up because a lot of the rooms, if you remember correctly, they have those like smaller side rooms for the quote-unquote help. Which was nice enough that I would have been glad to stay in in a room for the help and and pay for it, but yeah, it was it was interesting. Um, And I was telling you earlier that my new um, rule of thumb is: you know, a hotel is legit when the minibar is complimentary, inclusive of any liquor, any liquor.
0: Love it mini bar all-inclusive hello like
1: every day fresh baked goods jared has a nut allergy so they knew that so they always baked us cookies after the first day when we told them about the nut allergy nothing ever had a nut again um and all the booze you could want
0: okay there's a good story i want to get to but first let's talk food a little bit we'll go back to the story uh ferg burger heard about it a ton This is the place to go in Queenstown. Was this your favorite meal of the trip?
1: Yeah, I said that before. Okay,
0: Ferg Burger. um, An hour wait at least, even at like 10 in the morning when they open up. Um, They also have a bakery attached. um, But this place was legit. Um, 20 different types of burgers. uh, uh, Fast casual. um, You know, people are waiting in line on the street. It's a very small place. Um...
1: I mean, we
0: had it multiple times, so we had it multiple times. The burger, I'm trying to think what's best to compare it to. I want to say like a very upgraded Shake Shack burger. Mm -hmm. Um, It had two thin patties on there, lettuce, tomato, pickles, aioli. Um, It was fantastic. Like all the hype was worth it. It was huge too. Um, So we went back twice mm-hmm. uh would have gone back a third time if we were there for longer um but that was the spot to go to everybody knew about it and yeah just I mean melissa said it if you, if the best meal of your trip was a hamburger psh, you know that's a damn bu- good burger right there um some of the other places food wise that we went to, and then we'll get into some of the adventure stuff.
1: Yeah, so Josh Emmett is the celebrity chef of Queenstown, so Rata is his high-end restaurant. We went there for dinner one night. It was good, no complaints, but nothing memorable that stuck out. Um, I really liked his other restaurant, Madame Wu, that we went to, that was Malaysian hawker food. I love Asian food, so that was definitely um, up my alley. Um, And so cheap.
0: Yeah, so cheap. Yeah, the food was fine. It was good. Didn't blow your socks off. Um, But that's basically uh, the gist of the food scene there. Um, So let's talk about the happy hour. Let's go back to this. Um, So 5 to 7 each day. Get whatever you want. Uh, They have waitress service up there. Order what drinks. They bring up snacks, little appetizers. Um, And then for the entire... The length of your stay, you can always go in there and get brandy, um, or sherry, or port wine. So that's twenty four seven. But we met an interesting couple while we were there, and it was probably one of the scariest moments of my life. Um, I don't know why I was so paranoid, but you you can tell the story.
1: Okay, so we met this couple. um, This older white couple I want to say that they were in their early 50s and they had their adopted Asian daughter with them that I believe was like 12 years old. Um, Probably
0: the smartest girl I've ever like kid I've ever met.
1: To the point where Jared was convinced that she was a spy and she was really in her 20s.
0: I may think she's still a spy. Yeah. I mean this girl knew at 14 she wanted to be a cardiothoracic surgeon. She had studied, done summer programs at Stanford and Harvard already. She knew about world politics. She was cultured. She knew about travel.
1: I mean, she she was like leaps and bounds beyond where I was at that age. I mean, I- Me too. I wound up going to Syracuse, and I remember at the time- Go orange. My parents, when I was that age- Collegiate sweatshirts were like very popular in middle school and I had to beg them to allow me to get a sweatshirt. And I wound up picking the Syracuse one because it had an orange man and I thought oranges were cute. So she was telling us why she was going to go to Stanford over Harvard and all the, you know, career programs and blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, girl, you got to go to college to like hook up. But anyway, whoa, whoa. Okay. So back to this family. So, we're chatting with the three of them, we've established that the woman works in Washington DC, they live in a suburb in Virginia, and the husband has a tomato farm in Virginia, and that she's an adjunct professor at Georgetown. And she's saying things, and I'm not really following, and I ask her where she works, and Jared looks at me and mumbles and says, Melissa, she's in the CIA. And she hears me and confirms it and basically says the only reason she's able to even confirm that is because she's in the process of retiring. She
0: says it without saying
1: it. Yeah. Um, And that she's retiring by in several months. So everything is fine that day. And then the next day we come back and we see them there. Their daughter is, quote unquote, taking a nap. She gone. And we now get enough information about them that... We both went to journalism school that we feel confident that we could find out who these people are. The
0: research is on.
1: We found out what colleges they went to, etc. So we have about an hour between dinner from happy hour. And so we go back to our room and Jared finds this woman who... Has the same, and it's a video of her, and she identifies herself as having been in the CIA, and she's written all these books, and she has the same first name. She went to the same college. She's an adjunct professor at Georgetown. And Jared, you know, being the typical male of, like, not really looking at a woman, tells me that it's her. And I look at her, and I'm like, that is absolutely not her. and It
0: was close enough.
1: Yeah, I mean. And
0: all those things, I mean, come on same college they went to. They teach at the same school now. Same first name. They both work for the CIA.
1: Yeah, no, it was really scary. But the thing that I said to you was the woman that you showed me on video was retired from the CIA for nearly a decade, which is why she was able to speak about it, like, openly. But you had a point that there were just too many similarities that it almost seemed like this woman was pretending to be someone else. So you became very unhinged.
0: Oh, I was paranoid.
1: And like crazy. you, on foreign soil, kept Googling CIA to the point where your iPad was shut down.
0: It shut down out of the blue. I was so freaked out that I dropped it and like ran into the bathroom.
1: So, I finally convinced you to go to Madame Wu for dinner, which was, like, across the street from our hotel.
0: I didn't even want to leave the room.
1: Yeah, you had lost your appetite, and I was just like, this is getting cried. Right. And so, I thought I was being really funny at dinner, and in soy sauce, I, like, wrote something like, spy. And you just left. You, like, left me at dinner to pay the bill. I had no idea where you went. I think you might have pissed your pants. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Like, I have never seen you behave this way.
0: I was so freaked out. And for you to write spy and soy sauce on a plate, just like, put me over the edge.
1: I just wanted to lighten things up a little. I didn't know I would be dining alone.
0: I was so freaked out. I didn't know what was going to happen. (laughs) You wouldn't
1: sleep that night. I had to medicate you. Oh,
0: my God. I was pacing around the room. It was crazy. Yeah. So then, a little more research, we find out, finally, that they're two different women that just <laughs> have, like, 17 different things in common. Um, and then, like, we, we're in conversation, um, I think the next day, and we see them, and I'm, like, scared out of my mind. They're on our flight home! And I'm like, holy crap, we need to change our reservation. I can't fly with these people. Yeah, no,
1: you were, being, you were being extremely irrational, which of the two of us, I'm always the irrational person, and I didn't know what to do because we were flying on points, and it's a very busy time of year, and there was one flight a day, and I was like, Jared, you got to suck it up. like
0: Crazy. Crazy story. Glad it worked out. <laughs> um, let's move on. Um, Amisfield. One of the the wineries that we went to. That's really,
1: I think, the only winery in Queenstown that I know of. Um, It was awesome. Yeah, it was beautiful. Um, One of our friends got us a lunch there and a tasting, so I thought the food was really good. Yeah, they had a a
0: five-course trust-the-chef menu. You never know what you're going to get with that. But uh, butterfish, pork belly, and something called pua pie. Did you know what Pua is?
1: No, I did not know what Pua is. It's so why don't you tell us?
0: It's kind of like a mix between a quiche and an empanada with a filling. Empanada. Yeah. So that's what it is. It was on the menu. It was good. Um, I thought it was one of the best wineries we went to overall. Um, so we went there. And let's talk about, like, the scene a little bit. Um, so there's a lot of things to do in... Um, Queenstown. It's the adventure capital of the world. As I said, um, we went to the top to a lookout point and did a luge down the mountain, which uh, was cool. It was safe. I wore a helmet, so did you. It was one of the activities that we both were like, Okay, we can do this.
1: It was um, like the only activity that was safe for seven-year-olds to do. and <laughs> So it was safe for us. And so seven-year-olds were...
0: Safety first. ...were
1: lapping me. Yeah. I was moving like molasses.
0: Um, but other activities that people go there that you can do, extreme jet boating, uh, skydiving, bungee jumping helicopter skiing, whitewater rafting, flyboarding, canyon swinging, zip lining, and paragliding, just to name a few. Like, it's crazy. Like, these people strictly go there for that. Like, one day, you know, they're going bungee jumping. The next day, they're going skydiving. And you
1: went there to look at the water.
0: The water was beautiful. <laughs> I loved it. I was sipping a drink. Um, but, yeah, you see these people, like, all over the place. There's uh, just so much activity Going on, and this is during the summer, and then obviously in the winter it's a ski town, uh, which is cool as well. Um, probably the, I would say the greatest thing I did on the trip was go to Milford Sound.
1: Well, I was going to say, speaking of your love of water, yeah. we should talk about Milford Sound. So
0: Milford Sound was absolutely spectacular. Um, it is on the coast. Either you can take a ridiculous bus ride, or you can fly there. We chose the flight. Air Milford is what we took. About eight eight passengers.
1: Your boarding pass is a rubber bracelet.
0: (laughs) That's right. Nothing wrong with that. Um, A 45-minute flight through the mountains. Just breathtaking. Like, you're just gawking outside the window, taking pictures. This is a single-engine turboprop plane. Uh, You feel every single movement that's on there. Um, But it was incredible. And then... After you get there, um, a three-hour boat tour, which is what we did. You just see majestic waterfalls, these huge peaks jutting out of the water. Milford Sound is actually called the eighth wonder of the world, and I'll agree with that. It was, if not the most fascinating thing I've ever seen, one of them. It was it was truly awesome, I thought, Um just and
1: you initially didn't want to do it because you didn't want to take the bus ride. And so as a surprise to you, I got yeah, the because tickets because I knew that it would be something that you loved. So,
0: Like four or five hours there, four or five hours back, and then a three-hour boat ride in between. No, I don't want to do it. I don't want to spend 14 hours like just traveling, basically. But if you do the 45-minute plane ride there and back, it's great. It was awesome. Um, highly recommend it. Um, if you are going to Queenstown, um, it's an easy journey over there. It's definitely worth it. It is a full day trip, but totally do it. Hands down, one of the best things I've ever done. Nice. Um, so the return flight, we booked on Chase points uh, through United. So transferred eighty thousand Chase points each to United. One to one transfer ratio. Uh, booked business class, and flew. um, As I mentioned, we did a night in Auckland on the way back. Obviously, you can't fly direct out of Queenstown, so Queenstown to Auckland, spent the night, and then Auckland to San Francisco, San Francisco to Newark. So the big flight, 12 hours on the return, uh, united the 777-300. It has the new Polaris seats, which are great in that uh, 1-2-1 configuration. Uh, They're wider at 23 inches, Um, super new, I mean, if Air New Zealand, the Dreamliner, was your favorite, the new Polaris is right up there as well. Um, I thought it was great, but there was an interesting part of it that you actually time-traveled.
1: That is correct.
0: How, How did that work?
1: Well, because New Zealand is 17 hours ahead, and I think the flight was only, like, 16 hours, so... Let's say, you know, you left at 11 a.m. You arrive, like, 10 a.m.?
0: It was pretty cool. Um, You get back, like, before you left. It's crazy. Um, So one day, I think we were flying back on a Sunday. (laughs) One day turned out to be, like, 48 hours, basically. Uh, We were still on that Sunday 48 hours later, which is crazy. Um, And, yeah, it was – I thought it was a good trip. 12 hours is long – um, but with that new configuration in Polaris, um, you get the same service with, with United. You get the dinner service. There's um,
1: Saks amenity kit.
0: Right, Saks amenity kit, uh, mattress pad if you want. You have to ask for it. Slippers if you want. You have to ask for it. Uh, they also give you um, a neck pillow as well. The LifeLets. The lights, gel
1: pillow. That gel, yes. You love yes. that gel pillow. Yeah, it's
0: great. It's cool on your neck um, in addition to the regular Um, so really a great flight back to San Fran and then connected, uh, back to Newark as well on the 757-200 and finally got back to New York about 48 hours later. Um, definitely a long journey. Um, let's get into passport stamps. How about it? Okay. Um, so passport stamps, we're going to give you a score on each component of the itinerary that we reviewed. Each category will be given a score, zero to 10 passport stamps, I never give a 10. I'm just not going to do it, but we can go up to 9-9 nine, nine if you want. Um, so 0 through 10, 10 being the best. We're going to do one score for the North Island, Auckland, one score for the South Island because there was different flights, there were different hotels. Um,
1: and you're including Wahiki in Auckland.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's part of the North Island. You you want to go first? You want me to go first? You go first. I will first. I will, <laughs> I will do the honors. Um, so, flight experience... Air New Zealand on the Dreamliner and United Polaris. So first we'll do Air New Zealand. Um, I'll go nine point five. I thought it was fantastic. It was new. It was sleek. It was sexy. Um, the one 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 layout with the white leather seats was great. It was a short flight. Uh, wish it was longer, actually, uh, but highly recommend it. Uh, United Polaris, the new Polaris on the seven 7.300, uh, excellent as well. Um, I will go nine point two on that. I think if you're flying a U.S. carrier, um, it's the best business class option out there. Haven't flown the Delta. Yeah, well, good value. Haven't flown the Delta Suites yet on the A350. Want to do that, but from what we've flown, the new Polaris on the seven seven three was excellent. So I will give it that score. Um, Hotel accommodations and service. So, Auckland, uh, we stayed at the Hilton and the Sofitel.
1: Yeah, they have no five-star hotels in
0: Auckland. Uh, I didn't love these, honestly. Um,
1: It was the best of what was out there. I'll
0: go 5.4. It was an okay location on the water. It was walkable, but it it didn't blow me away. It was... uh, I'll say it was nice, um, but it wasn't great. It was
1: clean. It was fine. Yeah,
0: it, it was clean. It was fine. Eckerd's, on the other hand, uh, on the South Island in Queenstown, I'll go 8.8. Um, I thought it was the service was tremendous. Loved the happy hour. Um, it, it was a little small for me. It was kind of like a house, more or less. It had seven or eight rooms. Um, but uh, fantastic stay, 8.8 on that food uh, we discussed it a little new zealand food was not the best um, on the north island that includes uh the wineries we went to out there on on the island um it was 6.8 uh for the north island Clooney, i liked um again not excellent but good and then on the south island i'll go higher uh, 7.3 love Ferg burger as uh, I agree with you, that was the best meal we had, which was, which was great. Uh, but when you go to dinner, um, you know, in a new city, you kind of expect a yeah, little more. Yeah,
1: we dropped some, like, serious cash on. Yeah. So that uh, should have been our favorite meal.
0: My review time. My I'm passport I'm sorry, I'm stamps.
1: I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm
0: sorry. Um, yeah, so we'll do that. And activities. Um, North Island, 4.3? Yeah, 4.3 passport stamps. Uh, besides Wahiki, I didn't think Auckland had much to offer, really. We're not museum people, so we didn't hit that. Uh, as I mentioned, the port area was nice. Uh, but really, besides that, uh, it was really just the island that's bringing up uh, the score. South Island activities, uh, 9.1, I would say. Like, if you want to do it, it's there. <laughs> uh, bungee jumping, skydiving, all the rest. Milford Sound Uh, being there, and the flight, too. The views were so awesome. Uh, So I'll go, yeah, 9.1 passport stamps on that. Overall, uh, North Island, I'll go 6.6 passport stamps. Wasn't my favorite. South Island, I'll go 9.3. It was uh, one of the best places I've been to. Would go back to Queenstown again. Highly recommend it lot to do walkable small city just one of the most amazing views you'll ever have so that's my passport stamps how about you
1: so i'm actually going to surprise you right now and say that i am enough aligned with what you said that i I'm, i'm gonna i'm gonna sign off on that for myself as well
0: okay on the overall you're talking about
1: I, I mean, you did a lot of reviews. So, for the sake of our listeners, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna. Agree. You're
0: not giving out your individual passport stamps. I'm not gonna
1: give out my individual because you went a little crazy. Like you got like eight different categories going, so they don't need sixteen reviews. I'm saying that. Like, I mean, the more the merrier. No, we're enough in tune. You just
0: said you didn't want to get a new passport because you wanted to get as many passport stamps as possible. Now on the podcast, you don't want to give out your passport
1: stamps. No, those are like actual like countries from from (laughs) it's okay
0: fine we won't go through your flight experience your hotel your food your activities just give me your overall for the north island and the south island
1: okay so for north island i will give it a 7.2 and for south island i'm gonna go 9.5
0: stamped it's in it's in the passport the passport has been stamped there you go all right um, thanks so much for listening to episode 13 of The Itinerary. It was New Zealand. Questions, comments, send them in to The Itinerary Podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at the underscore itinerary underscore podcast. Uh, remember to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. And tell a friend to listen and do the same. Rate, review, and subscribe but most importantly, tell a friend.
1: Um, and so I abstained from doing the individual podcast uh, stamps, passport stamps. But something I am really into these days is saying goodbye to our friends in the native tongue. And so in New Zealand, they their dialect is maori. And so the way you say goodbye is poro, poro, poro aki. See ya. Bye.